Podcast Answer Man, episode number 363. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Cynthia Sanchez from the Oh So Pinteresting podcast. You are listening to Cliff Ravenscraft. He's been taking podcasting to the next level since 2005. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content creating world or if you have been creating content online for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends. I am excited about taking things to the next level in my own life. And if you don't mind, I well, first of all, let me just tell you real quickly what's going to be covered in the rest of the show. And I promise you I'm going to have a very short monologue here up front. But uh, I do want to share where I'm taking things to the next level in my personal life. And, uh, you know, I'm going to hope to inspire some of you to join me. In, in the journey. But anyway, real quickly, what's going to cover be covered in this episode? Possibly a shorter episode this week. I don't know if you guys noticed last week's episode well under an hour in length. That was the first time in a long time. Anyway, this one might be like that. It depends. We'll see. Anyway, what are we going to talk about? Mark has a question on the voicemail feedback hotline about adding his name as the author to the title of his podcast. That'll make sense when we play the audio question and I'll give you my thoughts on that. James has a question on the on the voicemail feedback hotline, uh, actually, it's not it's not a question. He has some advice for me when it comes to those acoustic ab- sound absorption panels uh, that I was talking about putting into my studio to reduce the echo in this room. And uh, we'll get to that. I'm also going to share with you in this episode uh, something where I will be giving you permission to do something that may take the load off of your shoulders. If you are a brand new podcaster, somebody just thinking about starting a podcast, I, I hope that the this information, I'm going to give you permission to do something that's going to take away a lot of anxiety about those first 5, 10, or 15 episodes of your show. Uh, so if you're in the boat where you have a little anxiety about the opening of your show, you definitely want to stick around for this episode. And uh, I'm also going to give a little update about something that I've recently done this past weekend uh, with a good friend of mine, Adam Raymer Brown. Uh, we're, I'll, I'll share with you a little bit about my my networking solutions here in the house and uh, how that all went. And then we'll wrap up the show. But let me go ahead and start with my short little monologue just to tell you about how I am taking everything I do in life to the next level. Real briefly, let me give you some history. When I first left my career in insurance and I started working for myself, this was January 2008, that first year of working for myself, I literally worked 12 to 14 hours a day every single day, and I'm not kidding you, seven days a week without a day off. Um, I did that for the first nine months of running this business. And I will tell you that I ran on adrenaline and I ran on excitement and passion for the work that I was doing. I knew that I was making the right decision. 
I knew that this was my calling. This is not necessarily that podcasting is my calling, but actually pursuing a lifestyle where I am committed and devoted to entertaining, educating, encouraging, and inspiring other people through the gifts and talents that I have by doing so using my experiences in life and sharing those in such a way that it makes a positive difference in the lives of others, whether it be positive difference in the way that they think and their mindset or using the technical skills that I have to help improve their business, taking their message to the next level. That was very clear to me back in 2008. Uh, I didn't have those words for it. I have those words obviously now off the top of my head. But in 2008, I was driven by passion. But what I did not have in 2008, I did not have any understanding of how business worked. And in fact, I spent most of 2008 trying to figure out how this business works, how our how a business works, how accounting works, how all this other, how do you land clients? How much do you charge clients? How do you, uh, you know, how do you get work that where you can consistently get a paycheck? And is it, am I ever going to see a day where I'm not going to be freaking out about, hey, it's, you know, there's only two more weeks in the month and I'm not even, you know, I'm not even 40% of where I need to be to pay the bills this month. And let me just say this, that um, after nine months, I finally decided, you know what, my wife convinced me. She says, and by the way, my wife was very supportive through this process. And she she knew that going into this that, you know, it, it was going to take a lot of sacrifice and a tremendous amount of uh, effort and, and investment in time and energy. And she was with me through a great portion of that. I mean, she put a lot into this business that year as well. So it wasn't just me. But for me personally, I was working around the clock, 12 to 14 hours a day. Finally, in September, she convinced me to take a day off. So I started taking Sundays off. And I decided, well, okay, I'm going to take Sundays off. But what I'll do is I'll I'll increase the number of hours that I work a couple other days of the week to 14 to 18 hours a day. And I did. And I am not saying that because I, I, I think this is something that I want to inspire you guys to do. And in fact, it almost killed me. Uh, and, and actually, I ended the year, my first year in a celebration. I did a 24-hour nonstop podcast marathon and to celebrate my first year in this. And I experienced right after that the most severe pains in my stomach and in my gut that I had ever experienced before in my life. Ended up going to the hospital finally and it turned out that I had a gallbladder attack and they needed to take out my gallbladder. And I know this is long story short, but anyway, um, let's just say this. I, I almost died in the hospital. If you want, there's blog posts I think you have to go to back to gspn.tv slash hospital, uh, but that actually might take you to the most recent one, which I think was January 2000. So January 2009 was the time they almost killed me. Uh, January 2011 was my second trip to the hospital. But anyway, needless to say, one of the things that have, has been a struggle for me is I'm a workaholic. I love to work. I love about 90% of what I do in my business and have loved it since 2000, January 2008. Now, there is 10% that I don't love and I work through those and I try to delegate. There used to be more than 10% that I didn't love, but I, dele- I delegate all of that to my assistant who I hire to pay and do all that stuff for me. But I still have about 10% that I don't love. But 90% I do love and because of that, because I love what I do, I am a workaholic. I, I'm driven Uh, I'm a very driven person and I like to succeed in setting big high goals for myself and achieving those goals. And and that caused me to work a lot. And one of my priorities at the time, 
or one of the things that was not a priority for me in 2008 was my health and my fitness. Now, why am I bringing this up? Let me, before you tune out, and I mean, trust me, that other content that I told you, it's going to be in this episode, but I, I am going to have a monologue here. And why is this important? Because I do believe that many of you who are listening to my voice, you're like me, and you spend most of your day sitting down in front of a computer. You, set, you, might, spend, you might spend most of your time in a very sedentary lifestyle. Maybe not necessarily to the degree that I was, where if I didn't do any kind of intentional physical activity, um, you know, I, I would probably end the day with like 800 steps. And I'm not just exaggerating, those are actual numbers. Um, 800 steps for the entire day in my old house. Now, my house is bigger now, thankfully, and I praise God for where I live today and the blessings that are here. And now if I don't do any intentional physical activity, I'm sure, I'm sure I'd still end the day with about 3,000 steps. But still, the, the thing is, is to live a healthy lifestyle, they recommend that you walk at least 10,000 steps every single day. And uh, what happened was I was really out of shape. I was, well, actually, I was really in shape. It was just a circle. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it was a big circle. It was a huge circle. And so that was the shape that I was in. And after I got out of the hospital, once I recovered from being in the hospital, from two, from like it was April 2009 all the way through 2010, I decided I would get very serious about my health and my fitness, that that would be a priori- become a priority of mine. And I did make it a priority of mine. Listening to podcasts, learning about nutrition and health and fitness, I decided to, to make some lifestyle changes. And over the course of 18 months, I lost 60 pounds. I went down for, I was at 268 pounds when I started and I had dropped all the way down, you know, I think, well, whatever 60 pounds is of that. So just drop off that. Uh, Actually, you know what? it, It was 50 pounds because I think the lowest I ever got down was 212. So let, let, I've, you know what here, let me, let me play this from Randy Cantrell. Check, check this out. Hi, Randy Cantrell with BulaNetwork.com. You're listening to the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Just don't ask him to do math. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so anyway, so I, I've just pulled it down. I lost 56 pounds. Well, that's close to 60. So I went from 268 pounds down to 212. I never got below 212. and But that took 18 months to lose those 56 pounds. And I was so excited. I mean, I've got pictures of me when I was down that much. All of that stuff. It was just really going great. And over time, what happened was in 2010, late 2010, I started experiencing some really good uh, months financially and I got off track. I, I started to lose my focus and my priorities on my health and fitness, started focusing more on making money. Uh, and, and as a result of that, I slowly started to slip into some old lifestyle habits. I stopped tracking my calories. I stopped doing all this other stuff. Well, um, here's what I will tell you, and I and I am going to wrap this up here within the next 90 seconds. I will tell you that um, over the course of, of those 18 months, I had lost a lot of weight. I was doing extremely, extremely well, healthy as can be. Over the last couple of years, I've been on a roller coaster of up and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs, having times where I was back on the wagon again for, you know, as much as three or four months and and often there were times when I was off for you know eight months and then I would be on the wagon for three weeks and right back off again and it's been up and down up and down but uh, most recently 
I have really gotten serious in a, in a way that I've never been serious before, uh, except for back in 2008 or 2009, 2010. And I just want to say this, uh, all of that to say that recently in the past three and a half weeks, I've lost 13.7 pounds. That's right. In three and a half weeks, I've lost 13.7 pounds. This has nothing to do with any sort of fad diet. There are no protein shakes or supplements that have been necessary. All this has been is walking 10,000 steps a day every single day without fail and also counting my calories and eating foods that fit into what the, it's the type of foods or the type of diet that the people in the Mediterranean part of the world eat. And it's lean meats, fish and chicken only, uh, nuts, fruits, vegetables, whole grains and beans. That's all I've eaten over the last two weeks, and it has been uh, right like, I mean, it's back to where I was in 2009, 2010, and I'll stop going into detail there and say all of this as a big, huge sales pitch, a big call to action that if any of this sounds interesting to you and you've never listened to Pursuing a Balanced Life, which is another podcast that I produce I encourage you to go to pursuingabalancedlife.com and subscribe today. I just released episode number 577 of that podcast. That's right. I've been recording Pursuing a Balanced Life for a very, very long time, many years, and pretty much anything and everything that's ever happened to me, ever happened to me since 2006 has been recorded in that episode or in that podcast. So anyway, if you... Uh, are like me and you've allowed yourself to be on a roller coaster. And by the way, three and a half weeks ago, I had been, I had gotten to the place where I was all the way back to the most I'd ever weighed at 268 pounds. So, you know, I'm back to where I want to be mentally and I am getting back to where I want to go physically. And I want to encourage you, if you are like me, you sit behind a microphone, you sit behind a computer, you sit, 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 sit all day at work doing this and you're not getting enough physical activity and you find yourself uh, don't have enough energy, you don't have enough motivation, you don't have enough creativity in your life, you are tired all the time, you're running to the bathroom all the time because your, your stomach is in writhing pain after eating, all of those different ailments and all these different things, is your chest, is it, do you have tightness in your chest because you're breathing and, and all the stress that you're under? All of those things, my friends, are things that I've experienced and have caused me to say, you know what, where, where oh where did I get off track? And I'm back on track. I'm tracking my results at pursuingabalancedlife.com. I encourage you to come check out that show. And uh, I, I hope that it will inspire you to do this as well. And just one last thing on that, on that matter. Uh, back in 2008, 2009, a guy named Willie Gillis was a member of our community. He still is a member of our community. He might even be listening to Podcast Answer Man. I don't know. But I know he listens to Pursuing a Balanced Life. And he also listens to Family from the Heart. But Willie Gillis uh, was, I think he weighed over 300 pounds. And he lost over 200 pounds. And it all started with him, starting with me, with the inspiration of that podcast so many years ago. So anyway, my friends, I am excited about it. I encourage you to to, uh, 
take that area of your life to the next level. It will help your podcasting efforts for years to come because you'll be here on this earth longer. It will help you because you will have more uh, creativity in your life. You will have more energy. You'll have more motivation to, to, to work and do the goals that you have. And so I encourage you, my friends, I encourage you to take that part of your life seriously. And if you don't think that has anything to do with what this message of Podcast Answer Man is about, then you should just stop subscribing to this show because I really believe in the 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 overall, the holistic approach to everything we do in life. And I think it has everything to do with what we, about getting our message out to the world. All right, so now with that, let's jump into some of those technical questions that you guys seem to love so much. Uh, the first one that we're going to go to here is from Mark. Mark, take it away. Hi, Cliff. My name is Mark DeJesus. I'm from Connecticut. I blog and podcast at markdejesus.com, M-A-R-K-D-E-J-E-S-U-S.com. Uh, my podcast show is Transformed You. And my question is for Podcast Answer Man. I noticed that when I set up my show, and I'm uh, eight episodes in already, and thanks to your encouragement and instruction, uh, it's just given me the courage to get out there and just get going with it, and I'm having a great time. In establishing the podcast, I noticed that a lot of other shows, when they have the title, they have their title with their name in the title, as well as their name in the artist field. Now, when I started mine, I called my show Transformed You and myself, Mark DeJesus, I'm the artist. I'm wondering, is it helpful for me to have Transformed You with Mark DeJesus as the title? Uh, Do you find that that would be more helpful? If so, what are the things I need to do and be aware of if I'm changing the title of the show? Thanks so much. Look forward to maybe hearing you address this question, and uh, I hope to take the A to Z course uh, in the near future. God bless. Have a great day. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. In fact, uh, mentioning podcasting A to Z, tomorrow is the final day of my 17th session of podcasting A to Z. I have 30 students, and wow, the number of brand new podcasts that are getting launched this week is absolutely awesome. And Mark, I would love to have you in my September session of A to Z, which is my next uh, course offering. So anyway, to answer your question about having your name. So basically, if you were to go to iTunes and look up Podcast Answer Man, which real quickly, I think I might already even have that loaded up here in the iTunes store. I do. Mine says, the title of my show says Podcast Answer Man. And then it says podcasting and internet slash online slash social media marketing hyphen Cliff J. Ravenscraft. And then it says podcast answer man, all one word. Okay. Now, why is all of that there? And it all comes down to, uh, if you want, search engine optimization. But we're not actually talking about an official search engine like Bing or Google or any of those other ones. We're talking about search within iTunes. So when you go into iTunes, go to the iTunes store, and then when there's the little search button that says search store, you type in a couple keywords and it's what do you pull up? Now what happened was, There were times, uh, I think a long time ago, where the author uh, tag, which, you know, mine says Cliff J. Ravenscraft, 
where that was enough to get pulled up. But there, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I recall a time, and I can't, of course, all of my shows have my name in them right now. So, um, you know what? Actually, that's not the case. Let me do this. I'm going to do a search right now for Cliff Ravenscraft. So if I do that in iTunes, I should get a list of shows. And you know what? I don't think it actually helps you a whole lot, uh, to be honest with you, because here's the deal. I'm looking at, uh, oh my gosh, I I forgot this. I'm not even going to mention that one. How about we go to the Twilight Saga podcast? Uh, This is a podcast that I did with my wife. My wife and I are both very huge fans of the Twilight Saga. And so if I click on that one, I did a search for Cliff Ravenscraft and it says the title, my name is in the author field, but the title says Twilight Saga Podcast hyphen Twilight hyphen New Moon hyphen Eclipse hyphen Breaking Dawn. All right. So the answer to your question is it would not help you increase your results because whatever you have in the author field of your RSS feed, it is going to show up in a search result. Okay. Now, if you do look at some of my titles and some of the titles of many of my students, you may see that it actually has the name of their show and then it has a bunch of other keywords that trail along behind it. And that is because whatever is in your title field, at least up to a certain number of characters, and I don't have the number of characters all mapped out or counted out, but I can tell you this, if you go to iTunes and you look at uh, Podcast Answer Man in there and pull it up, you will see how long that title is in there. And if you want, you can count all of those characters. And I can tell you, there's actually more in the title that's not showing, but what is showing there is what shows up in the search results. So uh, the interesting thing, and again, this only works if you go to pod, go to iTunes and look this up uh, and see the title. But what happens is because I have the title, it says Podcast Answer Man, and it's got all those other keywords like podcasting and internet slash online slash social media marketing. So if you were to go into iTunes and do a search for podcast or in, if, if you were to search for internet marketing, those are two words inside of my title. And as a result of that, at, if you did a search for internet marketing, it's going to sh- it's going to pull up my podcast along with many other podcasts that also will return uh, as a result of that search. Also, you could do online marketing and I'll pull up. You could do social media marketing and I'll pull it up. You could do um, podcast marketing and it'll pull up. You could do answer man as two words. You could do a search for all of those different things and because of that, I've keyword loaded my title, making sure though the official name of the title of my show is the first thing that's in the title. Um, but to answer your question, no, it does not. Your name does not have to be there. The only thing that would do is maybe just driving home the importance of you being the center of the brand. And if that's what you want, you can do that. Now, um, this question that you have oftentimes comes up on, you know, when people are trying to decide on their podcast artwork, should I add my name? So for example, you have uh, This Is The Life with Michael Hyatt or Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield and, you know, such and such, such and such with so-and-so. Now, um, it you could go either way on that. I think, um, you know, it depends on how much you want to brand yourself. Now, I've got a big old picture or at least the the comic book picture of myself, a cartoon version of myself in my logo. 
But uh, it says Podcast Answer Man, and it's got my, it's the Podcast Answer Man logo. It says .com there. But it doesn't say with Cliff Ravenscraft in the artwork. I didn't think it needed to. I figure Podcast Answer Man is going to be enough to draw people in. But if it had a real picture of me and, and it didn't have the big logo like I had, and it was, you know, maybe it had a picture of a mixer in the background or a microphone in the background or something like that, I might actually have a picture of me and it might say Podcast Answer Man with Cliff Ravenscraft. None of that really matters except for what you want in your personal preference and how you want your branding to work out. But to answer your question, I don't see any real benefit of duplicating your name in the title of the podcast. And now that I've just confirmed that, I'm wondering if I should actually take my name out of my title of my podcast. Oh, you know why? Okay, here's the deal. Update. It just clicked for me. I know. I know why. I added my name to the the title. It was when the podcasts app from Apple was first introduced. That's what it was. When the podcast app was first introduced on iOS, when you did a search for a podcaster's name, the host of the show, it did not return results inside of that iTunes search. Now, I'm sure that they have fixed that by now, and I'm going to pause the recording to confirm that. And I'm back. And I have just confirmed if you type in my name, Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, you know, obviously with the space in between. But if you do a search for Cliff Ravenscraft in the iOS app now, it does return uh, all of the same results as the iTunes store because they went to to where it's kind of like cloud based anyway. And yeah, so even shows that even I mean, I have 30 different podcasts in iTunes and all the shows that I have where my name is in the author field, but where my name is not in the actual title of the show are showing up. So what happened was originally when the first version of the podcasts app from Apple came out, there were a lot of people saying, Cliff, I went to go search for your show under your name and it never pulled up. So I had to go search for podcast answer man. And I had enough people say that, that I went in and actually changed the title to include my name because I did know that the titles did search. So there was a benefit for putting your name in the title field of your RSS feed that no longer exists. It, it's no longer an additional benefit since uh, the reason for myself and many others doing it was due to, I think, a glitch within the search results on the original iOS app made by Apple for podcasting. And now it does work. So there you go, Mark. There's your question. Let's move on to James. James, take it away. Hey, Cliff. This is James Devine, and I podcast at the Music Ed Podcast. Com. And this is a comment for the Podcast Answer Man show. And I was listening to your show recently where you were talking about getting your, your new home studio set up and you were talking about putting in the acoustical panels and such. And I just wanted to offer some feedback on that. I'm a band teacher. And where you put those panels and which types of panels you use makes a big difference. And so I just want to offer a resource to you. There's a resource called Wenger. W-E-N-G-E-R, and they actually go in and consult for band and choir and orchestra rooms. I don't know if they consult for home studios. It may depend on the, the size of it, but they offer free consultation in hopes, of course, that you, that you buy their, their product. Hopefully this was a help. Thank you for all your advice that you give on the podcast, Answer Man. Have a great day. 
James, thank you so much for your call and for your uh, additional uh, information and advice on those sound acoustic panels. Um, you're right. Uh, it, you know, one size does not fit all. And uh, you can certainly optimize your space and get the right panels. Maybe you might need some sound deflection in one area and sound absorption in others and stuff like that. And uh, I am looking to consult with an expert that uh, has been referred to me. I'm waiting to hear back from him. And as soon as I do, uh, I will get to work on that and uh, looking forward to getting some panels up in my walls here to, to reduce some of that echo. Anyway, thank you for your call, James. I really appreciate it. Hey, real quickly here, I'm going to add another topic right to this. I didn't you know, prep it at the front of the show, but uh, I, I, I'm just barely aware that there's a conversation happening in the chat room about standing desks and recording your podcast. I, um, I, I think it's something about the fact, you know, obviously one of the things that I am thinking about getting for my studio space here in my, at least my, my desk where I work, I haven't completely settled on whether or not this desk that I'm sitting out right, right now will be the place that we continue to broadcast our video from. Um, I still have that other space in another portion of my studio over there. It's a good size space. I can get some studio lighting. I can do a backdrop. I can put a desk in front, put another set of microphones and mixer and all that good jazz all over there. And I could be doing it that way. And I may. So I'm not sure if I will always record podcast answer man and, and family from the heart and other show, uh, you know, if I'll do it from this desk or if we're going to do it over there. Regardless, one way or the other, I will eventually have a, uh, I, I'm thinking that I will have a standing desk here from nextdesks.com. And um, I, I'm thinking about having one that's custom made. And if I do that, um, you know, I will have the ability to stand while I work. And I will also have the button, the ability with a press of the button to actually sit down and pull, pull my chair up and sit down. Now, I, if I do do the other setup where I have um, a studio for Stephanie and I to sit over there and record while we're broadcasting live and we have that fancy setup, if I do that, I'm still going to have probably a microphone right here um, at my computer. When I do an audio interview on somebody else's podcast, I'm probably going to do it from my from my desk and not that area unless I'm doing video, which I hate to be interviewed by video. I'm just saying. It's one of my least favorite things to do. But um, anyway, so the question is, is would I, you know, what do I think about standing desks? I think standing desks are great. They're much better for your health than sitting down, obviously. Uh, but when it comes to recording your podcast, that would, if for me, and, and if you want my advice and you want my opinion on this one here, I'm going to say if you have a standing desk and it's adjustable and it comes time for you to record your show, my preference is that you hit the button and bring that desk right on down, pull up a chair, sit back or sit, sit forward, whether or not you have an you, you can bring your, your, your mic to you, whatever. But anyways, have a seat and relax and have a conversation with your audience. Um, what I find is that when you stand up and talk, you actually begin to speak differently than when you sit down. It, it, you, you just go and do it. Record record a 20-minute monologue of yourself talking, standing up, and then record a 20-minute monologue of yourself sitting down. And then go for a walk, go for a, a nice 40-minute walk, and listen to both of them back-to-back, -back, and tell me if you hear the difference. If you don't, then stand up, my friends. 
but uh, I usually can tell when somebody is standing or sitting down when I'm listening to their show. And I just, I'm, I'm the type of person who prefers a, a more conversational approach, a conversational approach to a podcast. I, I, like to, I like to feel like I'm sitting down across the table from the person I'm listening to. That's, that's just a, you know, that's just me. All right, so the next topic that I have on my show here uh, in my show notes, I want to talk about this one thing. I want to give you guys permission. Do you, are you a brand new podcaster or have you been thinking about creating a podcast, but you are just absolutely, uh, you are just stuck in the tra- in your tracks with anxiety over getting it wrong? Well, my friends, do not worry about getting it wrong. There is absolutely no reason for you to worry about getting it wrong because today I am going to give you permission to do something that I have done in the past, and that is relaunch. That's the word, relaunch your podcast. Something you can do anytime you want. It does not matter when or it doesn't even matter how often you do it. You can just simply do over. You know, have you ever done that as a kid? Did you ever play a game? Uh, you know, for me, it was like wiffle ball or something like that. And I would do something and I would might trip or something. And I was like, do over, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's, you could do do overs in podcasting. You really can. Um, and this isn't, by the way, this isn't rebranding and restarting with a different show. I'm talking about, I mean, because you, by the way, you can do that also. Uh, and I give you permission, not that you need it, uh, but you you can rebrand your show. You can dump the old one, delete it, and move on to another one. You can dump the old show, leave it as it is, and move on and create another one. That's rebranding. That's rebranding and relaunching, but I'm talking about relaunching the same show, and it's even easier than rebranding and restarting something new because you can use the same existing website, you can use the same existing RSS feed, the same existing subscribers, the same existing uh, iTunes written reviews, which maybe some of you might want to actually delete and relaunch all over again even there, but um, don't worry about that stuff. Just move forward with some great stuff. So relaunching a podcast, let me give you, and and by the way, the reason why I thought of this as a topic is that I was in my podcasting A to Z course and somebody was saying, you know, man, I, I'm, I have a feeling that, you know, these first eight episodes, man, they're, they're okay, but I have a feeling I'll get so much better at down the road. And I'm, you know, I have this fear that, you know, once I really get into my groove, some people are going to listen to my show and they're going to want, you know, they're going to fall in love with the show and they're going to go, they're going to want to go back to episode number one. And they're going to listen all the way through. And they're going to hear those earlier episodes. And it's going to sound so horrible. And it's going to be embarrassing for me. Now, certainly, I have several shows that I feel that way about, including Podcast Answer Man. But my friends, episode number one of Podcast Answer Man is exactly today as it was the day it was released back in December 2006. It's embarrassing. Even the first few seconds where Eric Fisher helps me beg for donations. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I did that. Anyway, it, it, that's still there. It's still in the archives. And I do that kind of uh, intentionally because I like the fact that folks who are listening to me right now who say, man, I don't know if I could ever record a show like Cliff does. Well, go back and listen to episode one of this show and see how different it is. And also recognize this. By the time I started Podcast Answer Man, I had already been podcasting for a year. And Podcast Answer Man episode 001 was actually my fourth podcast that I had uh, had launched. So I had already done three podcasts 
before that. So keep that in mind. But anyway, here's what I did to, to alleviate the anxiety of that individual in my class. This is what I said. Don't forget you can completely relaunch your show. Do You can do 10, 15 episodes of your podcast and then you, you, it's like, man, all of that stuff is pretty good, but it's just all of a sudden, it's like you really didn't hit your groove until episode 15 and man, what boy, I wish I could do, I, I wish I could start all over again. Well, you can and this is how you do it. You go in and record episode number 16. Only episode number 16 of your show is not episode number 16. It's episode number one. And you reintroduce your show for the very first time. You're already in your groove. You kind of have already found your voice. You sound more confident and secure. You have a greater understanding of your mission and purpose for your show. You, you've, you've actually even... Uh, you know, further understood who your target audience is, man, you're ready to rock and roll. So for you, episode number 16 will never from that day forward be known as episode number 16 because it's episode number one of the relaunched brand new version of your show. And once you publish that brand new version 001 onto your podcast feed, at that very moment, if you desire to do so, you can go into WordPress and delete all 15 prior episodes and they will be removed from your RSS feed as well. And now you have relaunched your show. Now, have I ever done this? I have. I did. I'm going to tell you about a show. It's called Help I Got a Mac. All right. Helpigotamac.com. So helpigotamac.com. I'm going to take a drink here real quick. Okay. So I just pulled up the page here over at helpigotamac.com. And if you go there, you'll see episode number 180 of that of that show. And it says 100, episode 180, and it's titled The Final Episode. Now, my co-host for that show, Chris Biting, he and I recorded 180 episodes uh, of that podcast. And we did that as a weekly show where we talked about um, everything Apple related. And there's some wonderful content in those archives. I mean, man, I there's some good stuff in there. Anyway, there are really more episodes than that. I'm going to pull up my, my uh, finder window and I'm going to go into my content archives and I'm going to tell you that, yes, I have a listed right in front of me, episode one all the way through episode 180 of the relaunched show. But in reality... Episode number one was actually episode number 11. Episode number one of what you see for Help I Got a Mac is actually episode number 11. The first 10 episodes have been deleted forever off of the face of the internet. I don't know if you can find them any way, shape, or form. You might be able to go into the internet archive. I don't know if they happen to be hosted someplace that they might still be accessible you know, you can go in and see if you can find them. But I certainly deleted them off of my WordPress site. And uh, I, they shall f- never be uh, heard by anyone intentionally ever again, at least in my mind. Now, let me explain to you why I relaunched that show. What happened was um, the show was called Help I Got a Mac. I It was back in 2008. Uh, It was in September 2008, I think. Actually, anyway, sometime in 2008. 
And I had purchased my very first Apple anything. And that Apple thing was a white MacBook computer. Uh, it was one of those white plastic ones. And I affectionately, you know, I fell in love with it for the first two weeks. And then I affectionately called it my white plastic piece of trash. I literally despised and hated that Apple product. I thought it was nothing but junk. Uh, One of my biggest frustrations was the fact that it had fans that would kick on and it literally sounded louder than the jet engines taking off on the airplanes that were on the runway right across the street from my house that used to be that I used to live in which is located right across the street from the airport here in the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky area it was horrible i hated that thing it it was underpowered the screen was too small and not only that but the thing is is i didn't understand mac I didn't like, uh, you know, I came from the Windows world where, you know, I started out with actually DOS and then I went to Windows 3.0, then 3.1, then I went to Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows XP, and I never left XP, by the way. I never went, I never went to Windows ME and I never went to Wind, went the Vista. I always stayed on XP and I was an XP user for years and years and um, I was used to free software. Anything you ever wanted, you could find freeware or at least shareware where it was super inexpensive. And everything I wanted to do on the Mac, it's like, hey, can, is there any Mac for this? Yeah, here it is. It's $35. It's $49. It's $60. It's, it's like, man, this is crazy. I just spent all this money on this thing and now I've got to buy all this software and I hated that. It's like, where? why can't I right-click on this thing? And thankfully, there were settings in there that finally I could. You know, file extensions were a mystery. How do I defrag my hard drive? You know, all of these different questions that I had and and no, it just seemed horrible. And so I created a podcast called Help, I Got a Mac. And the idea was that I would reach out to my community and say, if any of you are Apple users, can you please help me? And what happened was I really started out, I I wanted to learn this, but as I moved forward, you know, episode five, episode six, episode seven, and then finally episode number eight was titled, They Lied. (laughs) And it was all about my my experience at the Apple store where some Apple employee told me that file extensions don't matter. And and I, I very clearly found a way that, yeah, they do matter. And, you know, all of this different stuff. And I really got to be extremely negative about the Mac extremely critical and so much so that I was I was at the place where I could just take that white MacBook piece white piece of plastic trash and I felt like taking it and right, taking it outside and just smashing it against the concrete ga- ground I hated my Mac that much and that was coming through in my podcast what happened though is one of my great friends introduced me to a guy named Chris Biting. It was a mutual friend, and I had never heard of Chris before, but Chris was this Apple fanboy. You know, one of those guys that I really hated. Um, Not Chris individually, but I just hated all Apple fanboys, those super snobs that says you really don't have a computer until you have a Mac. I always hated those guys. Anyway, Chris happened to be one of them. And what Chris did is he says, Cliff, I'd love, you know, I live in the Cincinnati area. I'd love to come over and just show you some things. And he did. And he spent some time with me. And then what happened is I invited him to come onto my show. 
And we had an episode of Podcast Answer Man together, or not Podcast, but Help I Got a Mac together. And it, and it's like, wow, I love the sound of his voice. He's got a he he he's extremely knowledgeable. I and I invited him on the spot. I said, would you like to come on board as a co-host of this show? And I I suggest that we erase all of all of this negativity. I I think that you, what you're showing me, this could be a good computing experience. And, um, you know, basically he joined me and what happened is I relaunched the show with his new episode number one. Now in that episode, that first episode, I actually told the audience, Hey, this is episode number one. But in reality, uh, I've had 10 episodes prior to this that if you don't have access to now, you probably will never hear, but this is why we're relaunching the show. This is Chris Bining. He's my co-host. Here's what our mission of this show is, and we're moving forward. And that's what we did. We relaunched the show, and that show became extremely popular. And I still was on the fence about Apple for uh, at least five, six, seven more months, I think. And it was until I first got my, I, I think I was on the fence about Apple until I got my first iMac. And when I got my first iMac, Oh, I fell in love. And then when Adobe Audition became available on the Mac, and I think that I can tell you this now, I was under any NDA at the time, but I was one of the first beta testers for um, for Adobe Audition on the Mac. And um, I so, so I had it like six or nine months before it was available for purchase. And I couldn't tell anyone but I had at that moment, as soon as I had the beta version of Adobe Audition and I was doing my multiband compressor secret sauce on the Mac and I didn't need Windows anymore, I deleted my parallels, I deleted Windows XP and I said, you know what, if I can't do it on the Mac, I won't do it. And from that point forward, I only started using Apple products uh, as far as computing products and I have not went and touched a Windows system since then, except for working with some clients one-on-one and, and things like that. But um, anyway, my whole history there is documented. But that's my relaunch story. You can do this too. You do not have to take what you've done for the first 10, 15, 20, 35, 40 episodes. You can dump them all. I recommend that you wait until you get a new episode in there because you always want to have at least one podcast episode in your RSS feed, a minimum of one. And then once you have the, your new episode 001 relaunched, you don't have to tell people you're relaunching. You can just do it. It might be confusing if you have a large audience. Uh, so it's up to you. You could do an episode 000 and tell them and then eventually delete episode 000. But that's it, all up to you. But I give you permission. You can relaunch any time you want. If I wanted to, I could relaunch Podcast Answer Man with episode 001 and completely change the format of the show, and I'm allowed to do that if I desire to do so. So anyway, I hope that encourages you. The reason why I think that it will is because all of a sudden that helped somebody in a significant way in my A to Z course this week and says, wow, you just removed every excuse I've ever had uh, and all of the anxiety that I've had about the launch of my show. So there you go, my friends. You do have permission to relaunch your show at any time, and it is super easy. All right, uh, let's see here. The last thing I have on my topic here, I just want to say real quickly a very special thank you to a good friend of mine. His name is Adam Raymer Brown. All right, Adam Raymer Brown is a guy in my community that when he heard 
that I was going to be setting up a network of, uh, you know, of, of Ethernet cables running them through my house. Um, I he, he jumped up and said, hey, Cliff, I'm in your community and I'd like to offer you some help. So what happened was, okay, I met Adam, I, I don't even remember how long ago it was. It might have been a couple years ago at this point. But anyway, Adam one time reached me out. He lives in Shelbyville, Kentucky, which is about two hours south of, of where I live here in northern Kentucky. And he said, hey, Cliff, you know, I would love the opportunity. I've been listening to your show. I'd love the opportunity to, to, to go out to lunch and just and talk with you for a little bit. Now, I do not take a lot of these requests, but at the time I had some ability, some open time in my schedule and I did agree to meet uh, with Adam and we had lunch and, you know, he, he said that it was an extremely valuable experience to have that opportunity. And I was, I, I'm just like, okay, it was great. It was a wonderful conversation. I, but uh, he, he seemed to think that it was an extremely valuable exchange. And of course, I know that feeling because I've had those conversations with people that I, I look up to and follow as well. So um, what happened was, fast forward a couple of years, I think, or maybe it's just been a year. And what happened was I posted all the pictures of where I had been running all of my Ethernet cable and coax cable. And I had this, you know, like an ungodly number of wires hanging out of the wall. And I posted and and Adam said, hey, he sent me an email. He says, Cliff, I don't know if you remember me. We went we had lunch together. You were so generous with your time. And in repayment for that, I'd love to come offer to help you to do something special with your wiring. I'll help you terminate all of the all of the ports, you know, all of those uh, connection points. I'll help you terminate all your ethernet cables, all your ethernet, we'll put all the face plates on. Um, I will help you, I will offer all of my assistance and he's, he wasn't gonna charge me anything for his time. And he says, in fact, I, I just love the privilege of the opportunity to work with you. And he says, if you want, we can do something truly geeky with your your closet. I noticed that you ran everything in your closet there. I have some ideas of some things that can I can do for you. He says, in fact, here are some pictures of some stuff I've done for other people. And it, he showed me these pictures of these really impressive looking network networking closets or and cabinets and, and racks and all this other stuff. And I said, mm, that sounds interesting, I, you know? And so I kept following up with him and uh, I wanted to see, make sure he was very serious about doing this. And he, it turns out that he was extremely serious about um, offering to help me in that way. And so as a result of that, um, we did schedule a time. In fact, I'll just tell you that Adam came out uh, this past weekend on Saturday. And he actually brought a friend of his with him. And the three of us, actually, they did all the work. I, I kind of just stood there and talked. Uh, and oversaw the project, but they did all the work. Anyway, um, 14 hours on Saturday, we terminated every single uh, uh, um, outlet, uh, networking outlet in my house. I'm looking in my studio space. There are four here. There are three in the studio over here. Uh, there's two in the workout room, one in the guest bedroom. Uh, there are uh, two big ports in the main living room upstairs, one above the fireplace, one where the TV goes. Um, so you could do it from, you could install TVs from either end of that. Um, there's one in Stephanie's office. There's one up in the loft, one in each of the bedrooms and, and just ports and cables everywhere. And then in the closet, we installed this massive cabinet, four foot Great Lakes cabinet. 
uh, or a rack with a you know cabinet slash rack. It's got a frosted glass on the front of it, so you can see all the lights blinking through it when it's when the lights are out. It's absolutely cool looking. You can open it up from the front. You can open it up from the back. Uh, we terminated all the water wires. We put pr- patch panels, brought patch cables in. It's all dressed up. Looks beautiful. And if you want to see what this all looks like, then head over to this web address and it'll pull up the Facebook images that I shared. It's gspn.tv slash network setup. Again, that is gspn.tv. If you guys don't know, GSPN stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network. That's my network of podcasts that I run. It's all my shows with myself and my wife and some of our friends. And uh, anyway, it's gspn.tv slash network setup. All one word, network setup. Anyway, that will show you the pictures of what we started with and the process and what we ended up with. And what I have now, I have uh, two routers, one router, one, or two, I'm sorry, two switches. Actually, I have more than two routers. Anyway, I have um, two 24 gig, uh, gigabit switches, and those one switch is for my home network, and it, you know, that's only got uh, patch cables going to various ports within the house that are not business related. Uh, and then I have another 24-port gigabit switch that is the business network that has all the Ethernet ports in my studio and office and and anything else that's related to the business. And if I want to, if I want to actually switch one of the ports upstairs to a business port, I just take the patch cable off of the 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 home network gigabit switch and plug it into the same port on uh, the corresponding port on the uh, business network gigabit switch. is pretty cool. Uh, I do have two different ISPs in my home. I've shared this before. I have uh, Time Warner Cable. I have Cincinnati Bell Fuse Internet uh, Fiber. And, uh, and of course, I, that's how I plug those into those switches. I have I do have just a little bit that runs on wireless and stuff like that. But, man, it, it, I am so excited. And I just want to say I'm incredibly thankful to Adam Raymer Brown because if it wasn't for him, I'd have this makeshift shelf built on the wall with a big, huge, gigantic spaghetti of cables, and it just would not look pretty at all. And now it looks impressive, and uh, more impressive than it should look, I think, but it looks impressive, and I like it, and I wanted to show it off and share it with you. It's taking your home and business networking to the next level, my friends. So uh, thank you, Adam Raymer Brown. If you guys want to see the work of his handiwork, it's at gspn.tv slash network setup. All right, uh, what's his URL, business name, etc.? You know, that's a great question, and I don't have all of that information, but I'll tell you what I will do is I will get that. If you guys want to know Adam Raymer Brown's, uh, actually, he's in the chat room right now, so Adam, if you'll write all of that in the chat room, I will mention it here in the podcast, but I also will post it on the show notes at podcastanswerman.com slash 363. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash 363. Three, and uh, we'll go ahead and start our music. Let's go ahead and get that started right here. All right, his Twitter is RayTech247. All right, twenty four seven. So it's R A Y T E C H two four seven. His uh, business name is RayTech. R A Y T E C H. RayTech Services LLC in Shelbyville, Kentucky. And uh, so there you go, at Raytech247 or 
Raytech Services LLC in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Thank you, Adam Raymer Brown, for your help. Hey, real quickly, I just want to mention that the platform conference, I know last week I talked a lot about the uh, podcast movement. I'm excited about that. So many of you are going to be there. At least 100 of my friends are going to be there. And it's going to be probably even more than that. And uh, let's see here. The platform conference. I finally got some great details on that. Uh, It is coming up in November uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It is going to be on Sunday, November 9th through Tuesday, November 11th. Again, that's Sunday, November 9th through Tuesday, November 11th. If you want to meet up, my wife and I are both going to this one. So Stephanie will be with me. I will be speaking at, that's Michael Hyatt's platform conference. And if you want to go, I can actually give you a affiliate link. It's podcastanswerman.com slash platform conference. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash platform conference. If you use promo code Cliff, my first name, you'll save $100. I would love to see you in November in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, I hope to get the opportunity to introduce you to my totally awesome wife who is absolutely everything to me. Also, real quick, thank you to those of you who have been using my Bluehost affiliate link. As you guys know, I get a very generous commission when you use my Bluehost affiliate link. Here are some URLs that were created when setting or that were used when setting up an affiliate link from folks. Here is InBodyPod. That's I-N-B-O-D-Y. InBodyPod.com. BuildingABetterUHQ.com. And by the way, those are both of my those are both students from my podcasting A to Z course. The next ones are realestateandwork.com, marvelouspodcast.com, thelocalmarketingpodcast.com, and mentoringthefuture.net. Wow. Thank you all so much for registering those domains using my or registering those Bluehost hosting accounts using my affiliate link. Again, that's a significant amount of income there. So appreciate that. If you want to learn all of my thoughts on hosting, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And if you want to join me in September to learn how to podcast, I'll give you everything I have of me for four weeks in my podcasting A to Z course. Go to podcastingatoz.com to learn more. God bless. Until next time, take everything you do to the next level. Helping you to get the It's a man.